Okay, gentlemen, uh, pants off. We're live with classic Elder Scrolls night. Uh, today is is Freydas, the twenty fourth of Morningstar, and I am your humble Tamrielic traveler, Evarwin, and I'm playing Shank in Oblivion. Who's a vampire? My my broken character from Oblivion from last week, which I'm going to be scratching my head over this week. So prepare for epic fail because it's going to happen. Um, but I'm not I'm not alone here in our in our journey through Oblivion and uh, Tamriel. I have Quest Gaming Network community managers John Supa. Hey, Varwin. I'm Sans Pants. And. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Morku of Tamriel. Hey up, my ducks. You're back with me, Morku, here on Twitch, here on YouTube, here on the iTunes, here in Cyrodiil. Thank you for having me, Varwin. Wonderful to see you again. Super. Nah. <laughs> uh-huh. Nah. Uh, and and we we also have we have uh, Dave. Dave Deenforce Adams. Hello. Hello. Good evening, everyone. I'm I'm also playing a game while you're streaming, uh, and it's not Elder Scrolls. Oh, so why are you here? Wait, why do we? <laughs> we invite, let's say who invited this? Yeah, who, who invited that guy? <laughs> no, I'm I'm here for, to spread on some of the uh, luscious, sultry Elder Scrolls love to everyone in the world. Yay. Alright, we can use some luscious Elder Scrolls love in the world. Um, now, if uh, if you're looking for some uh, for some of that luscious Elder Scrolls love in the world, you, you may have met, you may have caught uh, ESO Alliance 3, which we, we just finished recording. And uh, gosh gee willikers, my friends, uh, I had a wonderful time <laughs> uh, recording that. That was a great time with... Um, Tamriel Foundry and, and Shoddy Cast and Lou was there and uh, we had a good time talking about all different kinds of topics. So you can catch that on Elder Scrolls Off the Record dot com, Network.com, and also uh, our YouTube page at uh, uh, youtube.com forward slash Network. Uh, in just a little bit, I believe uh, Dave is working on that right now. Um, actually, Supa's working on that right now. I believe Supa's working on that right now. <laughs> I am. Oh, and I'm also going to take a moment and uh, introduce Shank, who's also with say. us. Yeah, you forgot Shank. Wait, hold on, hold on. Shank's on the call? Apparently, yeah. Oh, no. How do you feel? What? You know, Shank, you shouldn't even be here. All right, see ya. Bye. <laughs> Does Shank even play Elder Scrolls? Did I, games? He's like he's 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 a he's a host on this show. Like he's always here. What? How did I how did I just forget Shank? I don't know. Well, you like you like hours. half forgot me because you're technically playing as me. That's true. I said I was playing you, so that's your mention. There you go. I'm sorry, man. I I d- totally like. <laughs> I knew I was forgetting someone extremely important. <laughs> I'm killing well, because important. you thought you remembered me. So Shank is so him. important, you, he cannot be mentioned by name. That's right. <laughs> Not Voldemort. Um, so there's Shank the Tank. 
Oh, what's up? People of the internet, um, definitely happy to be here. Had a really annoying first half of my day. Um, but you know what? Watching uh, Oblivion, playing Oblivion, talking about these games definitely makes me a lot happier. So I'm uh, stoked to be doing this. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's classic Elder Scrolls night, and uh, we're just getting started. That's Elder Scrolls night, yeah. Uh-huh. In the phone, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Elder Scrolls night, yeah. <laughs> Did you just get killed by a guide dog? Yes, yes. I did. Yes, he did. Happen. <laughs> so, less than three minutes in, evolving but eating worms. I'm already feeding worms. I'm already sucking. Here, here's the thing. My my character in this game right now is just horribly, horribly broken. <laughs> I'm I'm primarily a a sneak archer assassin, and I don't have any bows. Excuse me, I don't have any arrows. Whatsoever. <laughs> to... Oh my god! Wait, yeah. can't you craft them like in Skyrim? Yeah, too bad you can't craft any. Yeah. Um. There's there's a whole host of other problems going on here right now, and yeah, I'm think... really like I don't really remember exactly what was going on last week. I, I sort of forget. Rage. That's what I remembered. That rage. Rage. Lots of rage. Yeah. Just a lot of problems. Plus, I remember a lot of um, cursing off air about how he was deleting the character and everything. <laughs> getting getting rid of this piece of garbage. Yeah, something like that. Um, oh, I, don't talk about Oblivion like that. I'm also a vampire. <laughs> which I believe kettle calling pot black comes to mind, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, um, I have to take a moment and correct Shank. He says that there's only one place to buy arrows, but of Arwen, I found some at a shop in Skingrad. A hundred or so iron arrows, so. No, Skingrad. Shank said there's only one dedicated archer shop, which is different. Yep. There's there's only one purely, like, marksman, dedicated marksman store that I found. Listen, he doesn't need to go to Marksman's R Us. He just needs some damn arrows. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that the truth? Actually, you should be able to find some uh, here in in the fighting chance. Um, No, there was none in there. Oh, is that where you just died? Yeah. (laughs) Here's the other thing, too. Like, I'm trying to bind these these weapons to my my little bind wheel here. And, oh, I guess that's it right there. You just press a number on it. Yeah. Yeah, but the thing is, is I, I was able to use this with my mouse. And now... I can't, and I don't understand why. See, I have to. Things just keep getting better. <laughs> Cascade scrolls died. Everything's going all right. Ah, oh, God! Like I have no idea what the hell happened to to my character here. It's like the sucking continues. <laughs> this yeah. character is literally like the bottom rung. <laughs> that's what's going on right now like oh no idea what's going on he's got like vampire aids no weapons no, I, I really just no idea what the hell <laughs> is doing you know what I'm going to do I'm going to reload my, my paladin character because I know that thing was working well <laughs> last time I played it and oh my god it's like the sort of adventurer that they shoot in the knee just to spare his life in the long run yeah he ends up being a disgruntled guard in the town in Skyrim yeah. Um, like, can I just point out real quickly um, that we have 126 people right now uh, watching us and listening to us in the chat. Oh, well. Well, hello there, chat room. And everyone uh, watching right now, I hope you enjoy Oblivion. 
it's uh, it's wonderful. Well, we had like 400 before, but then you, you introduced that Shank was here, and everybody was like, "Peace!" Everyone just Everyone left, just bounced. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. that happens. <laughs> Only the real diehards are left. That's right. You got to be a diehard Elder Scrolls fan to to put up with with me and Shank. It's really how that how that is. That's actually like that's kind of true. Yeah, I mean, uh, ESO Alliance would be so much better without Varwin on it. I agree. Get rid of that guy. He's a jerk. Yeah. You just kind of talking over the people we should be listening to. Yeah. You know, like like Josh and Kyle and Andrew. Oh yeah, definitely. And Lou, you know. Yes. Lou. Lou had a great deal. He was. Well, uh, we're not going to just, you know, fill your ears with stupidity. No, no, we're going to fill your ears with with guided stupidity. And uh, we've got some topics that we want to we want to touch on a little bit today. Um, plus, more accuse random lore book and John Supa's mod of the week. Uh, so, I guess we'll start getting into that. Uh, John, what are our discussion topics for the evening? So this evening we wanted to uh, discuss Magicka's decline. Also, will we ever have that experience that Oblivion gave us? Uh, did Skyrim ruin anything for you? And from our own forms, your defining moment in the Elder Scrolls. Those are some epic topics. Yeah, oh yeah, they are very, very interesting. I can't wait to get into some of these. Yeah, we got we got very lucky this week with some of the topics that um, that were available and around on on some of the forums, and um, you know we just jumped all over them because it, you know it's it's great to talk about some of these things, especially in the Elder Scrolls community. Um, before we proceed, uh, Shank, yes, sir. Where the hell can I find arrows? Um, you need to go to the Archer's Paradox. This is a shop in Skingrod, um, and it's actually near the Lonely Suitor Lodge. So this is like way in the back across the bridge um, in uh, – not Skingrod. I'm sorry. Bravel. Um, next to the Lonely Suitor Lodge. So if you actually fast travel to Bravel um, and uh, head towards the Mages Guild, there's a bridge to the left of the Mages Guild in Bravel. You cross the bridge and the shop is directly on your left. Shank, did you just did you just insist or did you just say that I should fast travel? Yeah, I know. Are you feeling well? Yeah, you know what? I mean because like I I figured you're in such dire need of arrows, I was like, you know what, (laughs) maybe I I I figured I could spare you like three or four hundred deaths along the way. (laughs) So (laughs) Shank, yeah, go are to Castle Bravel. Are you actually an NPC? What? Are you actually an NPC? Because you know this land better than the instructions that normal NPCs give. <laughs> um, I don't know if that's a compliment or a critique, but uh, I, I would... Yeah, probably I'm an NPC. You could probably think about me as an NPC. <laughs> that's probably the best way you can think about it. He's a, he's a Shank PC. So, Evarwin, you want to actually keep moving all the way forward, go down to the end of this street and take a right, and then take a left at the bridge. Mm. Cross the bridge toward that statue. Yep, that's exactly it. You're going to see that statue, and the the shop is right before the statue. um, On the left. Archer's Paradise. Yep. Shop Uh, owner's name is Maglier, I believe. I could be wrong. Oh, my God. You even know the Um, shop owner's name? 
you may want to get in a building. It's it's so. Denlin. Oh yeah, it's, yeah. It's that's daytime. I just realized you're like your the sun's kind of hurting. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize you're that. You're a vampire. Here I am taking a leisurely stroll. Oh, oh my, look how my health's going down. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And I, I didn't even realize I'm so I'm so into uh the discussion right now. And we'll call it that. Uh that I, I had no idea. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Danelin, never mind. Maglier's another dude. Yeah. You totally Such an suck. idiot, gosh. God, why couldn't you get it right? I know. I, you know what? I, I, I'm actually kind of a little bit upset with myself that I didn't get it right. Did you say Maglord? <laughs> Shakes mad because he doesn't know the name of an NPC. Yeah, it's Elder Scrolls. You, you realize how many billions of people are in that that game? Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. Like in my travels, I, I've there's there's a few kind of like good spots that I've found uh, some characters that are worth remembering. Um, you know, because they, some of them have like really cool personalities. Other ones they're just kind of important to, for example, my playstyle, which is archery. Like so, I kind of that's why I know the archer's paradox. So I I I, I like to remember stuff that's uh, either a important to my uh, playstyle or just you know brought some color into the world because they're kind of memorable like i mean for example cicero everybody knows who cicero is right yeah but he's like a, a main character not a shop owner yeah that's true i guess like do you send this dude cards for christmas <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> i almost you know what um if they that'd be kind of actually really funny if they had like a mod like that where you could oh like, my you know, god i was joking <laughs> <laughs> no, I would like legitimately I've got to get out my winter thanks miss cards <laughs> Saturnalia yeah <laughs> you walk back in and he's like um why did you send me this card dude yeah <laughs> oh well it's Saturnalia so I now have arrows and I'm fully healed up and I'm a vampire <laughs> well you know what you know what small victories man small victories small victories thing just keep getting better. <laughs> oh, my name is Shank. Really got nothing else. <laughs> so, hey, actually, Evarwin, um, I'm sorry to uh, interrupt you, but go back into the Lonely Suitors Lodge if you don't mind, real oh, quick. This sounds the Lonely Suitors Lodge, huh? Yep, it's Wait, right across whoa. from the Archer's Paradox. Check this dude out. This dude's like a, an archer, and he's like paying homage to this <gasps> dude. Yeah, um, those of you in the Undulin. chat room who've played this game, you know exactly what's going on. Um, yep. Arwen, don't look at the chat room because they'll probably put spoilers in there. Okay, so I guess I'll just talk to this dude and see what he says. Yep. <laughs> yeah, good. be a good idea. <laughs> Please leave me, he says. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I'll ask him again. I'm sorry, but I'm really not one for engaging in conversation. Please. I don't want to talk to you. He doesn't want to talk to me. He wants nothing to do with me. Uh, uh, activate the statue. Yeah. You reach up, kiss the lucky old lady on the cheek, and hope you'll get your wish done. And now your luck increased temporarily. All right. I'm sorry, but I'm really not one for engaging in... Skull, he doesn't want... He still doesn't want to talk to me. Nope. But you'll, you, you will figure out why. You will understand why. Okay. Eventually. Okay. Well, that was fun. <laughs> Making out with statues. What can I do for you? 
guy wants to hang out. <clears throat> All right. Well, um, mo- moving moving right along, we want to thank Dave for for joining us here at Classic Elder Scrolls Night, and um, I what, think what, what did uh, I do? Huh? You you you're joining us for Classic Elder Scrolls Night. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, it's fun, and it's good to have you as a guest. <laughs> um, it's adequate. It's adequate. John, what's uh, what's our first discussion topic for the evening? Well, why don't we just jump right into uh, will we ever have that experience that Oblivion gave us? So this is a post on the official Elder Scrolls forums. The original post there has a name that I'm going to completely screw up, but Kenneth. whatever. Uh, nope, it's not Kenneth. Uh, it's Far- <laughs> uh, Yeah, it's Kenneth. So, Kenneth says, <laughs> what do I mean by this? Well, if you think way back, probably around 2004, 2005, there were screenshots floating about of Oblivion, and everyone was blown away by these. You would look at these screenshots, and you would think, that is not real. It can't be. And then when the game got demoed for the first time at E3 and the videos started to leak out, people were blown away by how good the game looked. Oblivion finally came out, and it lived up to everyone's expectations, graphically, soft shadows aside. And I think we all remember the feeling we got for the first time when More Q opened a soda bottle... Uh, and what feeling you got the first time when we turned on the console slash PC? I remember even watching a 12-hour marathon on GameSpot and just so anxious to finally get the game. Skyrim gets announced. We're all excited, super excited, in fact. But I think one can argue, and that's why I'm here to do that. It didn't give us that same feeling that Oblivion did many years ago. That sense of graphical prowess and true next-generation delivery. I remember booting up Skyrim and thinking, oh yes, this is good, but I know for certain that it did not give me the same Oblivion sensation. I was not as eager to watch the marathons and where, that were taking place on game sites all over the internet, and even though I remember thinking a lot about the game up until release, I never really did reach the level of excitement that Oblivion gave us. Now a new generation is here, and there are even more powerful consoles on, uh, on the market. Do you think we will experience this again with Elder, with the Elder Scrolls. Do you think Bethesda will tease us with some screenshots uh, that will just blow us away like Oblivion, or do you think it's has the reach? It has reached the point of diminishing returns, and they can't really get much better now. Let me know your thoughts. You know what? I'm going to shock everybody and say that I actually disagree with some pieces of this. I agree with you, and I'm not shocked. Okay, next talking point. All right, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, I think part of what he's 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 uh, observing is the simple fact that the um, both games, Oblivion and Skyrim, were built on the same console. Yes. So that's probably why he's he's making these observations because you know when you're on the same console like that, you really can't. Uh, jump too much but I mean to th- and that's really what I disagree with is I think that Skyrim looked a lot better than uh, Oblivion oh yeah oh without a doubt I think that's that's 100% the case yeah I th- I think that if you go through Skyrim and you take uh, photos even without an ENB running or any lighting mods that me and Shank would tell you are the greatest things in the world um 
that you still are getting a much more photorealistic screenshot than you are uh, in Oblivion. Because Oblivion, to me, has this kind of high fantasy, high saturation uh, of the colors uh, lighting scheme to it. And Skyrim had a much more down-to-earth feel. Hmm. Yeah, I think I mean color palettes aside, like they 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 I think they reflected the the area in which they were in. But I remember, I think I know what he's getting at here is because like when I when I first booted up Oblivion, and uh, this is this is my experience too with uh, when my buddy I saw my buddy playing Morrowind around um, <clears throat> around the same time period, is that you know when when you play Morrowind there is obviously there's a limitation on the technology that because I mean the game is the game is what so. Uh, 12 years old at this point, um, 2002. So there were obviously, you know, technical limitations, um, that were there. Is it a great game for what it was? Absolutely. And it still is. But at the time they just couldn't, you know, push that much on the screen. But then I think what he's talking about here is that when Oblivion came out and they exposed you to the world and that, that draw distance was something that you didn't really see, um, in Morrowind and indeed the rest of the past games. So that that kind of had a wow factor in itself, and then of course Skyrim came out. There's absolutely major technical um, advancements between Oblivion and Skyrim, but Skyrim still kind of had that uh, that that sort of draw distance feel that Oblivion had. So I, I think as a leap goes between you know previous games um, and then to Oblivion to say, oh my god, I can see everything to Skyrim. Yes, that leap was there. There, I mean, I, that, that step up was there. But I think what he's trying to say is that there wasn't a big, giant, like massive leap forward, um, as was the case from you know Daggerfall to Morrowind and then Morrowind to Oblivion, uh, because of the fact that both Oblivion and Skyrim happened on the same uh, cycle of consoles. Um, that being said, I think to the latter part of his uh, uh, comment here. I think that this generation, that is the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One, and of, of course the, uh, the PC, whatever Elder Scrolls games comes out within you know the next couple years or so, I think that's going to have that same sort of oh my god wow factor purely because it's on new hardware. Um, the developers are going to be competent with it at that point, and it's just going to be much easier to develop on with one consistent architecture. So I think that wow factor is going to come back for sure. I don't think it's gone. Um, I, I definitely think it's going to come back. Now, wait, you just said something like uh, the next few years. You're expecting another Elder Scrolls title within two years? No, four years. Four years? Okay. So four year will be four years into the PS4. Bethesda will have their, you know, PS4, Xbox generation. Bethesda will have had their hands in it uh, for a while already. So I, I do think that we will see vast improvements on Skyrim, and it's actually probably pretty good that Skyrim came out at the tail end of the uh, previous generation because now we're not going to see an Elder Scrolls game at the beginning of this generation, which is, to, in my opinion, a good thing. It is a good thing. It is a great thing um, because um, you're going to have the developers who are going to be much more competent. And I think that that, that leap, that, that wow factor leap and say, oh my God, they're going to, I th honestly think what's going to happen is they're going to release screenshots just as they did with Oblivion. And, you know, whether you like the game or not, I think for that time, the, the promotional material was pretty impressive. Um, same with Skyrim. But once that new promotional material hits the internet and hits the public for, here it is, Elder Scrolls Six. 
I guarantee you, and I'm going to do this, I, people are going to look at this and be like, this can't be a game. You know, this looks really, really good. How, you know, just from a technical level, from an artistic like level, it's quite, you know, it's just nice. And I think that wow factor is going to come back. I, so, dude, Shank, I got to stop you. Because, I mean, I was agreeing up to that point. I don't think that you're going to have that wow factor of, wow, this is so photorealistic from the hardware that we have on the market for this next gen hardware. It ain't going to happen. You're not going to catch, oh my god, that's so amazing, off of DDR3 RAM. You're not okay. going to catch that off but of what we have given at the moment. DDR5. But I'm, my, I guess my, my point or, is that yeah. you don't think that there's going to be a, a wow factor but from Skyrim to the next uh, uh, iteration in the series? Not if it comes out on the P- on the Xbox One and PS4, no. Okay, well, what if, I mean, because for better or worse, they do release promotional-like stuff, like, you know, videos, everything else, like, probably on a PC. They're kind of probably going to be, like, nice, printed-up pictures uh, from a PC screenshot. I guess Dude, that's what I'm talking about. I had about, that wow factor when they put out Dragonborn DLC for Skyrim. I had that wow factor. Well, Dave, I mean, you know, Xbox One, PlayStation 4, they released screenshots and it looked beautiful, the games. So if we're not going to get the wow, that wow factor of, oh my god, I haven't seen... Um, an art style so close to photorealistic before as this in the next Elder Scrolls game with those platforms, then how that seems inconsistent for what we've seen already with these platforms being that they've already given a wow factor. Right. I mean, you, we, we can all agree that the, the PS4 and the Xbox one aren't as powerful as what you can get in the PC market at the moment. But they something aren't as powerful that just, as what you get in the PC yeah. market two years ago. One thing that no one's taking into account is that the PS4 and the Xbox One do not have to power the big, massive beast of Windows operating system. And that's also a thing that you have to take into account. While they may not have the power behind the machine, not having to run an operating system as heavy as Windows does give them a little bit more room to get out of these consoles what you did not expect, much like what you saw at the end of the PS3's uh, lifespan with, uh, what's your favorite game, Shank? Last of Us. And that's because they knew how to squeeze every bit of processing power out of that machine. If the next Elder Scrolls comes out looking anything like what we've seen from Assassin's Creed Black Flag, I will cry at how beautiful it is. I would argue that it it honestly might even be better just because of... I personally think Bethesda has some of the most talented um, art uh, designers and art design um, in the industry right now. Um, And I think because of that, I mean... You can cu- you can you know couple obviously whatever new engine they create plus their you know amazing art and I think they will create something that I I know I'm probably I'm most likely going to be blown away by it um, just because you know first of all it's a new it's a new Elder Scrolls game and it's gonna I think it's gonna be great because you also have to keep in mind too that say it does come out in the next four years okay so you know twenty that's twenty eighteen 
2018 to 2011 when Skyrim came out, I mean, that's a good chunk of time. People are going to be like, oh, man, remember Skyrim and then look at this new game. I think that that itself is going to be pretty huge. They can play on that kind of nostalgia factor saying, man, we haven't seen an Elder Scrolls, like a single-player Elder Scrolls game in so long. And look at this. Man, that's awesome. So I think that's going to have to – that'll help it uh, as well. I think one thing you are forgetting as well is – we know where the next game will be. That is going to be a massive influence on oh, how amazing, you know, if say if it is Varnumwood or elsewhere, it's going to be something that you've never seen in an Elder Scrolls game, which is going to say, wow, that, that is amazing, you know, and, and like all the diversity that they can bring in in the next game. So I think we'll definitely get a wow factor in the next game. And I think they can do it on this generation of consoles. Now, of course, we will, you know, the next like test seven will be up probably will probably be on on a on the next next gen so i think they might be going for one a um console generation this time around and i think it's, it, it can only get better surely agreed i'm really pissed off right now I can tell. I just hear locks clinking in the background. <laughs> I'm really pissed. Oh, someone's I, having a few drinks. I'm not even. I'm not even trying to 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 pick that goddamn lock. I'm trying to get the goddamn cursor back on my screen, and it just refuses to because for some reason the game won't bring the cursor up on the screen when I'm in lock picking mode, and it's some kind of like weird bug I keep getting in contact with. <laughs> Shang, I think we should find Evalwin the um, skeleton. Skeleton key. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That should be the that should be the aim of this episode because you yeah. will never have to worry about a lock ever again. Yeah. With the skeleton no, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna rage quit life right now. I'm just so freaking pissed off. <laughs> and that does it for this uh, installment of Classic Elder Scrolls Night, everybody, and <laughs> every concurrent one. <laughs> My condolences to Ivan's family <laughs> and Jenny. She will be missed God. sometimes. I don't even know if I'm gonna. God, I'm just so mad right now at this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, it really just pisses me off. Sorry, guys. I don't need to. <laughs> such it's this is like literally the most juxtaposition I've ever seen. You have like such happy, like calming music, and then Avarwin's just raging mad. <laughs> well, not to not to break down the conversation, but um, you know, let's let uh, let us continue on on our our merry way. Now, Dave, what what say you on some of this? I, I know you weighed in a little bit, but. Uh, is there anything else that you want to add? Well, honestly, Shank had it right on the nose about um, the way the jumps were. When you look at at, at the the Elder Scrolls two, jump into Elder Scrolls three, more went up to Elder Scrolls four, Oblivion. Those were big jumps. Those were were substantial jumps. Huge. Not only in in hardware. I get it. Hardware makes it better. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about art style. And how they put it together, because honestly, they did a lot of great work with Morrowind. For what they had, they made it beautiful. For yeah. knowing what they knew, they made Oblivion beautiful, mm-hmm. and it is. 
at the time, those were cutting edge. Skyrim whoa, whoa, was amazing. Whoa. Hold on a second, Dave. Did you just say something nice about Oblivion? Yeah, it looks good. Gameplay's horrific, but it looks good. <laughs> <laughs> Gameplay uh, is not horrific, unless you're it, unless you're. It's god awful. It is um, not god awful, Dave. Um, who was who was streaming? Was it Supa that was streaming the other day? Oblivion mm-hmm. last night. Yeah, last yeah. night. Yep. I first thing I got on, I said, "Are you using mods on this?" That is actually what he said. I can confirm that. <laughs> Because it looked beautiful. And honestly, it does. It's surprisingly good looking for that bad of a game. It really is. And I think that if there's one thing that Bethesda can do, they can make it look great. And with the new technologies that are out on the market, the different things that are out there for them to use, like volumetric fog, god rays... All the different things that they can just throw in to make this look beautiful. Of anyone who will use it and use it to its fullest, it's Bethesda. Agreed. Props to uh, to the art department out there. Yeah. Now, uh, that's not to say that there won't be bugs. I mean, the B in Bethesda stands for bugs. So... You got some of the most. That. Some of the bugs, however, they, I, I have to say, some of them are kind of endearing. I, I, I genuinely love it whenever, like, a giant just blasts me into the sky. That's kind of awesome. <laughs> I'll tap out one time, and you can never <laughs> play the game again. <laughs> I, I, just hear, I just hear clanging of swords oh, yeah. through the audio. <laughs> going, going for it. That's what I'm doing right now. You know what would stop me from being wowed by the next iteration is now tell me if I'm wrong. If you have not seen this in even Skyrim is when you see a flat texture floating above the ground, like that rock is floating a foot above the ground (laughs) or that bush is floating a foot above the ground or, you know, different things like that. Oh yeah, that happens. Yeah, I think the wow factor in games comes when you first step into it, though, not like three or four hours into it. Then when you start noticing things, Dude, you're a little you bit more. You walk out of the little intro dungeon, and there's rocks floating above the ground. <laughs> That's just my awesome telekinesis. <laughs> That's my immersion. There you go. That's the rocks trying to get away from Alduin. Exactly. That that's actually yeah. It's the, it's the G-force of his wings sucking them like that. I love the sound effect. Yummy. Oh god. Yeah, you go, so many ways with that. I'll stop. So yeah, you you totally killed those goblins. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> I'm not. I'm. I am not doing nearly as much damage as I should be doing. With this, my question is: Is arrow. your stuff broken? Like, Probably. or is it almost like what's the health of your items? Because as the health and status go down, so do the the damage and the armor efficacy. Uh, I mean, my the bow that I was using is fine. 
it's it's 81 out of 100 you know it might just be the goblins man i don't know i guess i mean uh if you look at if you look at my character here um you know my agility is is 76 Which governs the skills of, mm-hmm. of um, security, sneak, and marksman. So, I mean, that's extremely high. It is. That's that's like <laughs> – that's – honestly, I don't know, man. I mean, sometimes just because like it, it, – this is one of like the, the, the quirks about Oblivion is some of the enemies, um, it, it literally depends on where you are and who you're fighting. Because um, you could like be – you could like walk like 20 yards down the road. And we're at like and like fight something that's like so easy peasy and just totally destroy it and then walk like another hundred yards and you just get like destroyed. Yeah. By a black bear. Yeah, and then I mean also I mean you showed us the bow, but how's your armor holding up? You've had a few uh Oh, that's the other thing. That's a good point. Should be alright. Hold on, let me double check it. I mean, that I'm not concerned hurt. about the... I wasn't concerned about the armor. I was concerned about the damage I'm doing with with my bow and arrow. Mm-hmm. That's what I was concerned about. Yeah, see, my armor's not good at all. My my, uh, It's actually broken. But I can't repair it because I don't have the ability to, to repair this stuff. Where where would I go in order to repair this, this armor, Shank? Any armorer, um, actually go back into Skingrod. Okay. And uh, they'll have the ability there. Well, they'll they'll have a, a blacksmith in town. I think the oh god, what's the store? Hammer and hammer and tongs, I think. Mm-hmm. And if you wait until eight thirty in the morning, you go in there, and she should be able to repair it for you. Okay. I'll give it a try. So you're on the east side, right? So if you. Um, Go into the right side. Once you go into the gates, go to the right here. And uh, Hammer and Tong should be one of those stores. Okay. Take a look at the mini-map. So, of course, uh, I don't know exactly where you are because I'm on a lag. So yeah. I'm assuming <laughs> when I'm speaking, it's totally caught up. So moving on from your um, ruined armor... We'll go to the next uh, uh, yeah. discussion topic. Mm-hmm. This is on the Elder Scrolls, the official Elder Scrolls forum, and this one was posted by uh, TJ Byram. And it is, did Skyrim ruin anything for you? So he says, I'm not a longtime Elder Scrolls fan. I mean, I played Morrowind for one hour and Oblivion for 30 minutes, but I didn't know anything about Tamriel until I played Skyrim. But looking back, I was... I wanted to hear from you. How did you feel about, and I, I suppose we'll just tackle these one at a time. So how did you guys feel about the Mage's Guild being disbanded? Not disbanded, is it? It's just not in Skyrim. And that's actually what I was thinking as well, is that uh, the Mage's Guild wasn't really disbanded. It's just not in Skyrim as the Mage's Guild. You have the College. Yeah, it's uh, College yeah, of Winterhold. Because while you're doing the, um, when you're trying to find the Eye of Magnus, you actually meet some people who are from the Mages Guild, I believe. Um, Do you mean the Sigic Order? No. Oh, okay, because they are not. 
Yeah, it's just like you go to that. Um, there's a Dwemer ruin where you go and activate something, uh, and then there's like a dead party, and then there's one guy that helps you. Um, so what you have to do with that uh, lexicon or something, and you have to chuck it in a Dwemer machine and like use iron fire, fire and ice spells on it to to make this machine work. I'm sure they're from the um, Major's Guild. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So how about um, his next one is the Dark Brotherhood uh, is horribly ended or severely weakened and only remain in Skyrim. Do we know how, um, what happened to the Dark Brotherhood sanctuary in, did anyone read Cicero's journal? It just said he got defiled and defaced and destroyed. Yeah, that's why he 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 had to like basically take um, the night mother's casket like from like uh, Leowin and like bring it all the way up north into uh, Skyrim. I think I think that was one yeah. of the reasons. I do kind of wonder why uh, after you become the listener and whatnot, what in what horrible way you failed uh, <laughs> leading the Dark Brotherhood that led to its fall in Cyrodiil. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily know if I completely agree with that. I don't think that. It, um, I don't think it, it, it failed. I mean, you become, you become the listener. You, you sort of take over the Dark Brotherhood, and the quest chain sort of ends there. Right. Right, but in the future, we do know that something happened to the Dark Brotherhood in Cyrodiil that forced one... I mean, obviously, the listener is dead in Skyrim, uh, you as the character in Oblivion. But you see Cicero has to pack up and head to Skyrim to find the rumored uh, remnants of the Dark Brotherhood. That's, yeah, that, that, that I mean, you make a good point. That That's definitely true. Um, Ivarwin, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm on a lag, obviously, but um, it might help. Um, I don't know if I gave you the best of directions. All right, wait, hammer and tongs. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right there. There you go. Sweet. All right. <laughs> I just got to yeah. find a place to duck out while the sun comes up. <laughs> Can you imagine if you were one of the dudes in this game and like you just woke up and there was some dude just crouched in your house like, hey, sorry, <laughs> it's sunny outside. Sorry. Yeah. Wow, thanks for bringing back scary memories. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this super this. pale dude. It's like, dude, what are you doing in my house? Just nothing. Just, just, just hanging chilling, out. bro. Just, just chilling. Just chilling, bro. It's, it's sunny out there, and I Wait. don't take well to that. It sounds a bit like a crack, then. You just got a load of stoners there. Yo, dude, just chilling. Yeah, peace, man. <laughs> close the, close the drapes, dude. You, you put you, you twisting my mind with the sun, yo. You, you know, you know what though. Um, <laughs> Well, oh, those back, fellows are pretty. Back, back on topic, guys. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, uh, regarding this, you know, did Skyrim ruin anything for you? Um, I, I don't think it. I, I think that's. I don't know. I, I think that's a kind of harsh, but I think I know what he's trying to say. Like ruin, as in, like did it? Did it kind of take something away from the game uh, necessarily compared to previous installments? I, I, I. I don't think it did. I think it 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 did what the previous games did a little bit differently. And for that I can definitely appreciate it uh because 
you know, they talk about the Radiant story was obviously a huge uh, talking point and selling point for Skyrim. You know, in Oblivion, you had Radiant AI. They took that one step further with Radiant story where, you know, things would uh, the, the, the game would kind of dynamically uh, in a subtle way sort of react to uh, to what you were doing or what you were not doing specifically with uh, quests and other random quests like that. So I, I think it, it 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 tried to do something a little bit differently. And I think you can I, specifically, I think you can tell that most in the actual guild quest lines themselves. So, and that's where I think it, for me, in my experience, that that's where it was, uh, if anything, I felt it was slightly lacking. But I mean, we're, we're talking about like two awesome games here, so by no means is it like a bad thing. You know, right. one. No. You know, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, for example, like the Sky, I felt like the Skyrim quest lines, the, the guild quest lines were just a little bit shorter because they, they, they did more Radiant Story stuff with the quest lines and like kind of the random quests that they would give you. Whereas in Oblivion, they had like longer fleshed out quest lines, but no really Radiant stuff like that. So, you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's, it, I, I, I don't know. I guess I don't know if my point is making sense. Well, I think some of the things he's pointing out, I think you just have to take into effect, you know, you're not in Cyrodiil anymore. So right, there, exactly. Yeah, there is no Fighters Guild. It's the Companions, yep. uh, which are more like mercenaries, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I definitely agree with you that in Oblivion, you get much more of a fleshed out narrative to these um, different affiliated groups you can kind of join. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Skyrim, it's a much more condensed narrative. Um, I do wish it... I wish in Skyrim it felt more impactful like it did in Oblivion, but I wouldn't say it ruined the game because I'm, yeah, exactly. I like exactly. that there is not a fighter's guild in Skyrim instead because, I mean, it's the north. Everyone there is rough and rugged, so yep, there's no need for the fighter's <clears throat> guild. Instead, you have a band of mercenaries you can go join. So yeah. I, I actually have a question. This one I'm, I'm going to point towards Shank because I know that you played Oblivion and are way into it, so it kind of would go for what you, what you could answer. Uh, for some reason, I don't know why you're into it. Um, but I does it as you being a a player of one of the old games? Does it matter that they would be in there or not? I mean, do they you really want the same storylines over and over? Oh, well, here's the. The Fighters no. Guild, here's the Mages Guild, and it has no, to no, be no. there or else. No, I I don't think for an instant that they should repeat, you know, tropes regarding narratives. I, I really don't think that they should do that. Um, and you can tell that they, they actually, if you actually play the games um, from game to game, and, and of course people who've played Morrowind um, probably can uh, back me up on this, that, that they don't really do that. Uh, you you can tell that through the main quests uh, for sure, um, as well as how they treat side quests and uh, obviously you know the the guild quest lines. Um, I don't think that they should be doing the same thing over and over uh, from game to game. That doesn't sound like progress. That doesn't sound like innovation. And quite frankly, that's kind of a little. Uh, that would kind of almost be insulting to the you know to the creative power that is at Bethesda because they have such you know I mean like. It's like, hey guys, let's just do the same thing, but just put it in a fancier, prettier package. Uh, um, I don't think they should do that um, for their quest lines. I think they, uh, that's why, like, I, I, 
I appreciate and respect the fact that they did do something different from Oblivion to Skyrim regarding these narratives and regarding the quest lines because you can point to it and you can the 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 Skyrim Thieves Guild stands on its own. The Oblivion Thieves Guild stands on its own, and I'm sure the Morrowind Thieves Guild stands on its own. You know, they're very three distinct things, and they're separate from each other, but they still carry that same thread of, oh yeah, you know, I can tell that this is in the same universe. So I think with that said, going forward, they should definitely keep that up, and, you know, maybe not... For example, like, in... Perfect example, they in the Thieves Guild and Oblivion, the Gray Fox is a huge component. And what do you find um, in the Thieves Guild in Skyrim? You find a bust of the Gray Fox, and in fact, that's a larceny target. So that's another... That's like a subtle way where they, you know, keep that continuity, but very clearly, the Skyrim Thieves Guild is a completely different beast than the Oblivion's one. So... I don't think they should keep the same storylines and narrative. I think that's, frankly, it's boring, if anything else. No, and it, and it kind of seems like they were trying to make a, a move away from, like, I don't know how you would kind of break away from the Thieves Guild, because you want to give those stealth characters, you know, mm-hmm. that do enjoy thieving, that kind of story-driven content to go through. Um, and you want to keep the Dark Brotherhood in there, because it's established in the lore. But as far as, like, the Fighters Guild go, I kind of like what Skyrim did, because you have the companions who are the mercenaries, but you also have the ability to participate in the war. And depending exactly. on what side you pick, you are more, you are fighting more of a heroic, you're going through more of a heroic storyline. Whereas in the companions, you are, uh, you know, brute for hire. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that's, that's a perfect example. Like the fighters guild in oblivion is very, very totally different than their equivalent in Skyrim. Like, completely different. And I, I really appreciate that because when I played the f- Companions in Skyrim, I was like, you know what? This is actually amazing. And I really like this a lot more than the Fighters Guild and Oblivion. So it, yeah, I, I like that the games are are different from each other in that uh, respect. Yeah, the Companions Guild, they had their own identity that was completely oh, yeah. separate from the yeah, Fighters Guild. Yeah, ama- really, really uh, good history as well. Uh, you know, I found out about how they became werewolves and things like that then you have to go and take care of the witches that did it to them. i think it's 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 i think it's really well written you know it maybe it is. It is a little short but that's that's still a great story you know it is if it's a great story maybe it doesn't have to go on for ages some you know it's nothing worse than being in a quest line that's absolutely terrible and lasts forever yeah just I mean, drags horrible. on yeah it's like oh will this ever end but i felt that way uh, a bit with dawn guard Dawn God, oh, I hate going through the that that veil. There's all them different teleportation water carrying things like Yeah. That was really? God. <laughs> really? But see, Maury, that being said though, would you I mean, obviously you don't want to play a, a bad story that goes on forever, but sort of like in a similar vein, would you like to play a long story that does continue for like a pretty, you know, decent chunk of time? If it's a good story, then you know. You, I suppose you do want it to go a little bit longer, but but sometimes it, it's good to have that brief glimpse of amazingness, and then have it come to an end before it gets time to drag on. Because you know, eventually things do drag on, as no matter how good they are. Like listening to me talk, it's amazing. <laughs> but even even the hardest. Morikyu fans, and I know there are fives out there. Um, <laughs> you know, they'll probably get a little bit tired. Both of them. So, 
I'll keep it um, short and sweet. <laughs> Try it, yeah. <laughs> when, when really more of your fans just, just require more. Well, eight followers on, on Twitter. Yeah. Need I say more? Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it, to that extent, though, I, I think... You know, as this as this franchise continues, I think this question. I think this is a question that's going to keep cropping up between game to game to game. Is like, you know, did you know Y game ruin what X game built upon? Um, and I I don't know. I think ruin is too strong of a word. I think I think the better way to look at it is is that this series is constantly evolving and Bethesda is constantly experimenting. Yeah. And they're 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 getting closer and closer to finding that like that you know like I like honestly like I compare it to like I honestly believe that Todd Howard I, I compare it to like the recipe for Coke like he probably has that secret recipe on what makes like the perfect Elder Scrolls game in his head you know yeah and to bring that experience kind of like you know the that perfect recipe that Coke recipe so I think with each iteration. Yes, they, some things will change, like the skill system from Oblivion to Skyrim. Yes, some things will change, like the combat system from Morrowind to Oblivion. But these games are Elder Scrolls through and through, and there's going to be some experimentation. There are going to be things that you like. There's going to be things that you don't like. But to say something, I, I, I would never classify it as, oh, man, this game ruined you know, Elder Scrolls because of X, Y, and Z. Um, yeah. I would, I, I'm, I'm not necessarily sure that's a fair assessment to no, make. No, it's, it's are, not. Are we talking about Oblivion? Well, I mean, yeah, I, mean, I can if, list if, off a list of things Oblivion ruined. I mean, if you look at like Skyrim, and especially like I think for at least four of us in in this um, podcast, Skyrim was our first, and it got us excited about the rest of the franchise. Oh yeah. So to say Skyrim ruined something would be doing it a disservice because Skyrim is an amazing game, you know, and it had probably the most mass appeal, which is something that the, the guys at Bethesda probably figured out how to do by producing the games before it. So come the next game, you know, will it carry on the success? I think it will. It'll be even bigger because it'll be coming out to a new generation of fans as well. So to say Skyrim ruined anything, you know, even about Elder Scrolls, is not a particular case. Because it, it, with me, it said, you know, it, it drove me to search out for more Elder Scrolls rather than say, or, or you know, Skyrim is enough Elder Scrolls for me. I think also something to keep in mind is that every Elder Scrolls game is completely different from from you know the one that came before it and from the 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 other two that came before it um you know one of the one of the biggest pieces that makes an elder scrolls game an elder scrolls game is you know aside from the fact that yeah it happens in in nern and in tamriel is, is that you you have complete freedom to build the character and play the way that you want to play and be who you want to be in the game that's the number one defining part of an Elder Scrolls game. And if that doesn't exist, I would say it's not an Elder Scrolls game. Exactly. Like, if somebody took that and, like, like can you imagine, like, Elder Scrolls Six, where, like, oh, hey, you are all of a sudden, you have to play as this wood elf with this backstory. I mean, can you imagine the backlash, dude? Seriously. And that's, yeah. that's, why, <laughs> that's why things like, 
like Shadow Key and and Red Guard um, didn't didn't do so well, and it's basically because they engage, right? They, <laughs> <laughs> they're um, which I'm still playing, by the way. <laughs> they they just they're they're just novelties, honestly. And uh, when you when you really look, when you take a, a step back and you look at you know big name titles. Um, in the Elder Scrolls series like Morrowind, you know, these other game systems just sort of pale in comparison when you realize, wow, you know, freedom of of all of this in Elder Scrolls really is pretty amazing when you put it up against, uh, you know, like a side-scrolling action game like Redguard or something like that. Yeah, I'll, also, I'll say, you, know, you remember the, the role-playing games. And how many people will have played, say, or uh, play Oblivion, you know, and then they'll play... Skyrim or they'll play Morrowind and, and then they'll be they'll be playing the grandparent or the great niece of or you know something associated to a character they've already played that can continue in that family story on in their gameplay yeah Shank go ahead um, I just want to kindly remind you to please save yes I, I already I saved <laughs> I did <laughs> they seem to be getting in a fight after a fight uh, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just trying to have your back here, dude. No, and you, I know how painful it can be sometimes when you like do a bunch of work and you just die. No, you, you're good, man. You're good. <laughs> um, John, you've been kind of quiet on this topic. I mean, what do, you, what do you think? What's some of your thoughts on this? And I guess we can move on to the next. Well, another thing I, I was just thinking about was, you know, when they, when we find out where the next game is going to go, I think that's going to kind of dictate what kind of new quest lines they're going to incorporate in. Like, if, if we end up going to Valenwood, I think we will see uh, some Great sort part. of focus on, um, like, an archery guild, yeah. like a marksman's I, guild. I Green really pack. think we're going... That's I really, what I'm praying for. I really no, think we're going to Green Valenwood. Pack. Right. And then I also think if you go to elsewhere, you could see something like Big Game Hunters out on the you know in the desert so i like the way that they've been doing it um i like that each game has set itself apart and i i can't wait to see what the next one has in store it's it's gonna be elsewhere and you know what to that point <laughs> you, you you do make a good point because i mean you look at the the for example in oblivion the, the fighters guild and what is one of their factions they, they're trying to go against is you know the blackwood company and the Blackwood Company is called the Blackwood Company because it takes place in that region. So, you know, when you say the location matters, mm-hmm. that, that's absolutely 100% correct. Because yeah. you're going to get these sort of, sort of subtle kind of offshoots. I mean, for example, like just look at the Reach and the Forsworn in Skyrim. That's a perfect example. So I, I completely 100% agree with you, Supa. Okay. All right. So... We'll move on to the next topic, and this one's going to come from our own forums over at questgamingcommunity.com. Heyo. And what was that? Questgamingcommunity.com. Oh, I couldn't what? hear you. One more time. Questgamingcommunity.com. <laughs> That's right, ladies and gentlemen. You can find our forums at questgamingcommunity.com. <laughs> Please, like, don't, don't, no, just no. Way to ruin it. <laughs> that's right sing with me shank and maury that was fun 
See what I have to put up with, Dave? We should synchronize that. I know, Chartrio. Poor, uh, poor, poor John. He's <laughs> just trying to do his thing, man. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, so dude. Professional. <laughs> so this one comes to us from uh, Kit Reese, and he says, "Hello, everyone. I just finished listening to the last Elder Scrolls Off the Record podcast, and the discussion got me thinking back to my first experiences and defining moments with the Elder Scrolls franchise. Ah, As Elder Scrolls fans, I think we all have had these moments. So, what is yours?" For me, mine is kind of silly. The moment that I decided how amazing this series is was during Morrowind. I made a wood elf, traveled to Balmor, and proceeded to buy slash steal all of the bows and arrows that I could. After I had acquired enough weaponry, I found my way to the second story balcony at the Fighters Guild and shot arrows at every guard in town in the attempt to make Balmor my own private city. I succeeded in clearing the entire outside. I began going door to door, only to realize that the guards respawned and got my wood elf face smashed in. <laughs> oh, man. That was amazing. <laughs> At that moment, I decided that you could do anything in this franchise, and it was something special. Um, and I actually just wanted to read, because of so much uh, talk about the Companions Guild, uh, Roraness also responded to this, and he said, My defining moment didn't happen at the beginning. I had played and really enjoyed Oblivion and Skyrim, but with my two, my second or third character, a Nord, who just attended the funeral for the Harbinger, he was disturbed and finds a small house where both farmers had been killed by a dragon. I climbed the mountain at night in the snow and fought that dragon. As the sun is just coming up, a dead dragon at my feet, the battle music is just ending, the snow stops, and I can see out over a massive part of Skyrim. I still get shivers just thinking about that scene. And mm. honestly, the way he described it, I just got shivers myself. Yeah. Jesus. So what are some of you guys' uh, defining epic moments of the Elder Scrolls fa- franchise? You know what? I'm actually really curious to hear Dave's. <laughs> um... Okay, this is going to sound stupid, but it speaks to how I play the game. That's You're right, stupid. stupid. Okay, Maury. <laughs> oh, wow. <well. laughs> My epic moment was listening to Dave. Really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's what I love about Classic Elder Scrolls Night. It's not a podcast. It's a bunch of friends acting like a bunch of idiots. <laughs> well, we're not acting. Yeah. There's no acting. There's no, no acting. acting. No, go ahead, Dave. Go ahead. Oh, Lord. Um, when I first got the game, I, I, I borrowed it from a friend. And uh, I got to the point where I went up against Alduin for the first time. And I have never been beaten so hard in my life by any other creature like, he just grabbed me and, and just punched me in the face repeatedly. Except the female creature. It is more deadlier than the male. They're, they're, uh, uh, we're not going to talk about that. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, that pissed me off something fierce. So I sat down and I was like, okay, I, gotta, I cannot put up with this. So then I started enchanting. And that's what made me fall in love with this game is that I went around collecting different enchants, building my character just based off of the gear, crafting it exactly to my specifications. And then I walked in on Alduin after I was decked out. And I, I 
skinned him alive. Ooh. And it was just the most vicious beating. Like, he didn't even blow fire at me. He was just like, what's the point? <laughs> so, it was it was beautiful. And that really just, the effort that ended up giving me the reward directly correlating to what I put into it was was really what made Elder Scrolls for me. So are you saying Alduin gear checked you and was like, there's way too much fire resist on this dude, I'm not breathing fire? Dude, I swear to Talos that that happened. (laughs) It does happen. When uh, when you have too much resist for one particular type of of, um, elemental attack, dragons that use that elemental attack won't actually use that. They'll just kind of like run at you. and Yeah, they'll try to bite you. You should have um, right-click um, gone anonymous. Uh-huh. So Might people help. can't gauge at you. What, what about the chat room? What do they say about certain things like this? Nothing. Nothing? No uh, one's talking? Nothing yet, but I'm sure now that you asked it, they, they're going to start uh, chiming in. So chat room, tell us what your defining moment was, and we'll call it out. Um, in the meantime, I think we can just keep going around, our, uh, as Avarwin likes to say, the panel. The old, the old panel. The old panel. I think everybody doesn't want to hear about this. I mean, we got the good one out of the way. Oh wow! Wow. I haven't spoke yet. Exactly. Oh, but I will now. So, um, I'm a huge RPG fan, and I've played a ton of RPGs, a ton of JRPGs, and I was playing through Skyrim for the first time. I had played Oblivion a bit, but I was playing through Skyrim and got out of the uh, escaped Helgen, heard I was walking with uh, the Stormcloak gentleman, I forget his name. Hadvar? Yes. And he had mentioned uh, Bleak Falls Barrow. So I beelined it over to Bleak Falls Barrow, went through and cleared it. Uh, or no, I did go to Riverwood and get the claw. Went through, cleared it, uh, picked up the Dragon Stone, and then went on my merry way to Whiterun. And the best thing happened. They went to go give me a quest. And I was like, no, dude, I'm not walking all the way back to Bleak Falls Barrow. I got the Dragonstone right here. And it just felt so good to be able to go and do things without having to do the running back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, I know um, how you feel. That you have to do in some RPGs. And I just fell in love right there. Especially for that part of the game, too, because you were just in Bleak Falls Barrow. And that guy is asking you to go back. And you're like, oh, man, now i got to go back there and... And then you realize, oh, wait, no, hold on, I've got the Dragonstone right here, and you're actually able to give it to the guy and and complete the quest without even ever being given the quest. And, yeah, I, I felt the same way, dude, when that happened to me. Oh, yeah, it was great. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Um, what, who we haven't heard from myself, Avarwin, and Maury. So, Avarwin, you, sir. Um, I, I always talk about the first the first hour in game as being you know the the greatest and what sold me on the game, which is a hundred percent true. But um, that aside, I would like to say also that this game, um, Skyrim, it doesn't have my my favorite play style as a as a preset role like a lot of other role playing games have, and that's the Paladin. What I loved was knowing that. I can build my own paladin in this game. 
knowing that I, I can I can make it. The, usually, video games sort of take paladins as um, they they usually do things differently when when it comes to paladins. Uh, some video games you'll see them as the kind of um, kind of character that stands in the back of the group and just just uh, heals everyone and buffs them and and has some some fighting ability. And other games go the other way where usually the paladin is kind of like a tank character and can sort of, you know, back up heal a little bit. And um, very few games use them as a strictly like a damage type of character. This, this game, Skyrim, allowed me to build what I consider to be a paladin and allow them to, to define that role however way I wanted to define it. You know, I was able to do all three of those those normal tropes of of paladins in inside video games uh depending on on how i saw fit and i could either have you know three characters uh do do one of those roles or i could have one character that does all of those roles so what uh man heavy golden armor shield and sword and uh, restoration magic. Yeah, like little stuff like that. Or I could I could use you know um, I could swap out the the sword and shield, and I could have a a um, a two handed weapon. And I go two handed mace, go two handed two handed sword. And the best part about doing that was when you went with a two handed sword or a mace, there there were options in in the uh, in the perk system that that made those choices different from just a two-handed weapon. You know, if I leveled up a, a two-handed uh, mace, I had different attributes using that mace than if I were to use a, a two-handed sword or a two-handed axe. And I thought that was very, very interesting. That I mean, that seems pretty legit, man. Like, so, like, you, it sounds like it's, like, literally you were kind of taken by by the fact that you know you could you could be like wait so i can actually do this and do this and do this and not be punished because i'm i'm molding the game to me rather than the other way around right and i that's you know that's that's a good answer that is a fantastic answer and um i just want to point out uh it's interesting one of the one of the guys uh goto fradio in the uh chat room here he and i actually had the same defining moment and that was um climbing out of the imperial city sewers in oblivion that literally that first time that the world is is quite literally just laid at your feet and you get a text like kind of a tutorial popping up saying okay you know you have your quest marker you can go do quests you can go do this but honestly it's up to you you can just pick a direction and walk if you want to and the fact that the game told me I could pick a direction and walk, something that I had been yearning for in games for I don't even know how long, that kind of blew me away because it literally was like, okay, hold on. So I can see that mountain. You're telling me I can walk to that mountain? I don't believe you. I'm going to actually go try and do it. And you can do it. And that sort of quite literal freedom of you can go wherever you can see, that was a defining moment. And you know what? That... Even when I played Skyrim, I knew that was going to be there because that's kind of like a Elder Scrolls thing. Is like oh, yeah. you can pretty much go anywhere. 
even though I knew Skyrim was going to be this kind of well, you can walk anywhere in Skyrim kind of deal, I was still taken uh, taken aback by it. Because what happens as soon as you exit uh, Helgen, the world opens up and you see this unbelievable vista just laid out in front of you. And you know you can walk anywhere and the world even, you know, stretches beyond that mountain that you see. That That is always going to be, you know, the defining moment in, uh, of Elder Scrolls for me. And I know when the next game comes out, I, that's, that that feeling, that that feeling of just, there's, miles of wilderness virgin wilderness just waiting for me to go explore that's never going to be diminished and to this day when i play these games and i start a new character i i cannot help but get that feeling of just limitless possibility um so honestly that's that's fine <laughs> but uh, i guess we got uh you know what actually uh yeah maury why don't you go ahead and uh i'll collect some of the um chat room answers here and we can read some of them off too that's cool well i've actually got kind of two well it's kind of epic moments i'm sure you forgive me for them uh the first one would be my first playthrough of skyrim uh and just up from windelm i believe it is you go heading toward a dragon statue and if you walk too close you spawn Croesus, he's a, <laughs> oh a lightning wielding dragon priest, the first one I'd ever seen, and wow, he kicks a punch. And then you know that's not to mention that I've also got a dragon to fight, as well as a dragon priest. And I remember you go dragon one side, Croesus the other, lightning fire all at me, and then I turn around, Fusrodar, Croesus straight off the mountain. And he's stuck. <laughs> so thankfully, I managed to kill the dragon and pot shot Croesus. Uh, but that was definitely epic because they were owning me quite hard. And then I have to say, killing Mercer Frey on a legendary setting where that dude goes invisible <laughs> and poisons Jura <laughs> and everything. It's like, really? But then, yeah, because invisible. Then I managed to get like twelve arrows in him on legendary, and he <laughs> thankfully went down because I had got paralyzed on my um, on my bow um, skills. So yay for that! But yeah, Mercy Frey on legendary is not fun. We got flaming dwarven swords and daggers hitting you, and then going invisible. Yeah, epic <laughs> moments. So um, That's a we tough got fight. some stuff from the. Uh... From from the the chat room that responded to our question here, we got Shalin Kentar saying, "When I first, when I fought Umbra way too early, dude, I know that feeling. Um, Umbra is actually one of the uh, quests in Skyrim. I won't tell you which one because that's for you guys to go and discover." Um, we got Baconborn saying that one fight in the giant underground cave with the fifty skeletons. And giant dragon skeleton totally gave me... Okay, I can't read that. <laughs> but I know what you're talking about. I think that's um, Labyrinthian, right? Where you see Labyrinthian, that giant... yeah. yeah. The, the, the dragon skeleton. Which, the skeleton, which yeah. by the way, I've, I've looked at maps of, of Tamriel that are nearly 20 years old at this point, And, you know, they've changed a little bit. But one thing that hasn't changed much is... If you look at uh, the the old maps of Skyrim, when I think Arena or Daggerfall was built, um, all of the holds are actually there, and including Labyrinthian. 
So the idea of Labyrinthian is not brand new to just Skyrim. It's it's been it's been a part of the Elder Scrolls universe and of Tamriel almost since its inception. Oh baby, I want to go there in ESO. Wait, we're not supposed to be talking about that. Sorry, didn't mention it. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Can't, guess can't break the one rule. You're breaking the one rule, Dave. The one rule that we have. We don't talk about that game. Well, one rule to ring Kyle did break way. it last week as well. well. I thought there were two <laughs> rules. There's no ESO and no telling Morikyu that he's adopted. <gasps> oh, crap! Oh, the, 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 rule was rule no Dave. About, the first rule about classic Elder Scrolls Knight is you do not talk... Okay, never mind. But uh, okay. on a side note, Dave... <laughs> Um, God, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Holy crap! There's an adventure zone for you. <laughs> oh my God, Dragon preached and all. Oh, God. Okay, right, moving on. <laughs> oh, I just wet myself. Kate Beckinsale. But uh, I think that's. I think that's it. Yeah, that might unless, be it, uh, right? That might be it for that topic. Yeah, I think so. Super? I got nothing. All right. That's correct. John, how many more how many more topics do we have left? One, two? Um, we had uh Magica's decline on tap if we wanted to tackle that one. Uh but I think we kinda went into this a bit last week and also a bit with uh the did Skyrim ruin anything that we talked about earlier. So it's up to you guys. Yeah, yeah why I not? Think, uh, all right. So once more, we're reaching out to the Elder Scrolls, uh, the official Elder Scrolls forums. This post by Lance Avion. Avion. And he says, many fans of uh, the Elder Scrolls feel that the series has been progressively, quotes, dumbed down since the glory days of Daggerfall and or Morrowind. While I won't start the debate here, I have noticed a steady decline in spell effects since Morrowind. And he says, I find it rather sad that in the in a world so infused with Magicka as Nern, not only is the variety of Magicka decreasing, we also lost the ability to experiment with it via spell making. Mages and Magicka based races, Altmer and Bretons, are some of my favorite aspects of the series, and the erosion of the spell system really hurts them. Let's hope that the next Elder Scrolls game brings back some of the cut spells effects, adds some more, and revitalizes spell making. I, I sort of... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Whoever was speaking. I can't disagree more with this. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Avarwin. Yeah. If that ha- comes back, I will not be playing the next iteration of the game. Yeah, it's horrible. Wait, you don't like creating your own spells? That's no, that week, was the worst part of Oblivion. But how is that different from crafting your own armor? Because it's It's, it's just another different. tool that you're creating. No, it's very different. I mean, I got to respectfully disagree with you there. I think that's what I mean. That's like, I mean, spell making, I would argue that's like kind of like a trade and an education of if you're a a magic user, that's kind of like, you know, if you're if you're going to if you're a light armor guy, if you're an armor guy kind of making your own weapons, that's kind of your trade. I and, you know, enchanting alchemy, that's kind of trade. I I would shank from 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 a theoretical point of view. Okay, because I, you and Dave are talking about two different perspectives here. Shank, you're looking at it from a theoretical, a theoretical point of view where you're right. 
Dave's looking at it from his experience playing spell creation in Oblivion, which is unbelievably specific. And if if Dave is basically saying that if he plays what he played in Oblivion regarding spell creation, it would make Elder Scrolls Six um, un, unenjoyable for him. Now that being said, I think that I think that there is a realm here of of bringing back spell recre- spell creation to to the player in Elder Scrolls games without necessarily having the same system that existed in um, Oblivion. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying bring back that exact system. I just believe that spellmaking, right. you know, should be in some form or another. I mean, obviously not the exact same thing as Oblivion because I'd wanted to do it. I'd want the next game to iterate, evolve on that. Um, but I, I strongly believe that the next game should include some sort of uh, spellmaking system um, that has its own checks and balances. So, kind of to address Dave's concern that you don't that it doesn't become make crazily overpowered, where you like it's just one hit kills everything. Dude, the spellmaking system in in Oblivion hindered mages entirely. You can play through Skyrim without ever crafting. Mm-hmm. You cannot play through Oblivion, especially if you choose to be a mage, without crafting your spells. But my question is, why is that a bad thing? Because it's it's an older because game on an older system. Because it stops gameplay. I see. I would disagree. I, I honestly look at it as it promotes it because you, you're kind of like learning. You a have different to stand part of the in game. a room casting spells for hours on end without actually playing the game. That's that's was, not true. That's horrible. That's how I had to do it because I couldn't survive any other way. I'm just speaking from my own experience. Right, right, right. But I, that's, that's what I'm trying to understand is like what what your experience was because that's that's totally different from what happened to me. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I I I think from you know the the times that I created spells and like all the times that I played as a magic character. Yes, it's 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 a lot more difficult to become a mage character in Oblivion compared to Skyrim because Skyrim made it very easy where you could, you know, you literally, okay, you have two hands. Why not, you know, have two spells and, you know, do all this kind of crazy magic stuff. And it was kind of common sense. Like, oh yeah, but like, why wouldn't you do that? It just makes sense. Oblivion was a little bit more exacting and it was definitely more complex, but I kind of liked how they made you, you kind of had to figure out you know your trade and your craft as it were with respect to magic and being a mage and casting spells creating spells etc um i i kind of liked that it was a little bit more um there was a higher barrier of entry for that now i i can see where it could um get annoying and uh tiresome and you know just frustrating uh to some people and not doubting that i just i think that that sort of mechanism should come back in one sh- uh, same shape, one shape or form. Like if they took the simplicity of the Oblivion, or sorry, the Skyrim's magic system, and then just added a sort of added their own sort of touch of spell creating and spell crafting, I think that would be excellent. Honestly, 
Right. I, I agree with you, Shank. I, I would love to see spell weaving uh, brought back because I, I think it, as a mage studying in the arts of magic, that, that should be something that you have the ability to do. It should be like your trade kind of as when I play my archer characters, I, I get to do the leather crafting and I get to make the bows and the fletching and whatnot. So I, I think it's only fair to give them the ability to do the same thing and, and improve their weapons just like you're able to improve them uh, with a melee weapon or, or a bow. Um, and some alternatives they could do is instead of like you could craft the basic uh, spells instead of finding the tomes or buying the tomes as long as they set their ingredients that mm-hmm. you need to find to the same difficulty, you know, balance that out. Or even you could use it to kind of morph or tweak the basic spells to do something that fits your play style a bit more exact. Mm-hmm. And I, I think those those are, would be two interesting ways that they could kind of bring it back. Um, and I think that would be cool to see. I think the, um, I think the magic use in... in oblivion or rather uh, skyrim is is the best example of of mad of a magic combat system oh i agree in the elder scrolls games bar none i agree i would not at all mind the magic system of skyrim which on its own could stand on its own two legs mm. but on top of that adding in spellcrafting to allow you to tweak your spells to your own liking that would be its own thing but to have magic that reliant on that system killed it for me Mm. what do you think Uh, Maury uh in Oblivion so I don't don't know about crafting I mean I know I said I think I said a week ago that you know, if you look at Skyrim mods and the kind of uh, magic that people are creating, it's just way too much. So that was why I was kind of against spellcrafting. But if it was to come out, maybe just have it so you can, you know, to borrow from another game that's coming out, kind of morph the ones that you are already existing. Uh, made them a little bit different, you know. Maybe have a triple fireball, maybe have a lightning storm rather than a lightning shock, or things like that. Um, but I don't think it's declining. With how, with how Skyrim had the magic systems, I thought it was really balanced. You know, everything you could want to do with magic. You know, maybe apart from lock picking which is one I think I've seen in Oblivion. I think they've got a good... I think they've got a really good balance. I don't, I don't see how they've made it worse. I've, I really like the magic system on the few try, tries I've had at making a um, mage character. Right. Okay. And um, I suppose with that, I mean, gentlemen, do you have any closing arguments on anything that we discussed here tonight or with this one topic in general? Um, I'm just kind of surprised, pleasantly surprised that, uh, you are actually alive and actually doing quite well in the game right now. So, um, I'm doing all right. Yeah. I feel, I feel, (laughs) I I feel a sense of pride here. (laughs) I am moving, moving right along is what I'm doing. 
Um, with that, why don't we why don't we bring it back over to John and uh, have him sort of talk a little bit about uh, the mod that he's got set up for us for for this week. All right. So earlier, uh, Dave actually mentioned one of his qualms being the floating rocks and things like that. And one of my qualms is you go into Skyrim, you head into Riverwood, you go to the Riverwood trailer, and you look at the sign, and the sign's pretty, and then you look at the chain. And the chain's in 2D. It's just this 2D flat texture. I know exactly what you're talking about. I know about. it's nitpicking, but it bugs me. So, for those of you that are bugged by this, I have a mod recommendation. And that would be uh, Brumbeak's Static Mesh Improvement yes. Mod. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I knew you'd like this, Shank. So, this is a mod that uh, uh, is available on the Skyrim Nexus, and I'm going to go ahead and read through their introduction here. It says, Skyrim is the greatest open-world RPG ever created and includes fantastic 3D character and creature models. However, playing the game for even one hour uh, made me notice Skyrim also contains many ugly 3D models. More precisely, there are quite a few low-polygon static meshes that compromise the architectural elements, clutter, furniture, and landscape objects. It would appear that while the artistic... The artist devoted a large amount of time to create the races, creatures, armors, weapons, and major buildings. The more boring 3D models that make up the game were severely neglected. Hence, this mod edits many 3D models to improve their appearance and to fix many of the ugly seams and other oddities. Starting in February 2012 with the ultimate goal of improving about 500 of the worst offenders, in October 2013, 615-plus meshes have been completed my goal has been exceeded. Static mesh improvement now includes over 10,000 placements of said meshes. Still, static mesh improvement still has more to do. Improving meshes takes a lot of time, and I'll release incremental updates to include new 3D models as I finish them. That's amazing. Um, oh, yeah. This is... I've been kind of going through basically, like, must-have mods that I always go in and grab, and this is, like, the first mod I download. It just makes the clutter that we talked about in the past two episodes that much more better looking. Um, and it just kind of it just sucks your immersion deeper into this game. I love this mod. Does it reduce frame rate? Yes. <laughs> A little. Um, well, it depends you know, on your I, machine. I, yeah, exactly. I was just going to say, I think the, the safest answer of Arwen is depends on A, your machine, and B, any other mods you might have running at the same time. She also adds textures, doesn't it, as well? Um, it's also done some textures with the stuff he adds. Does it require a script extender like SKSE? Not to my knowledge, no, John. Static mesh improvement does not require SKSE because there's no script. It's okay. just a retexture. Uh, does it require you to be a BAMF? Um, yes. I think that goes without saying, okay. yeah. All right. So then uh, John's a BAMF. A card-carrying member yeah, of yeah. of being a badass mofo. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. There you go. Damn it! This game is pretty. You playing? Wait, what is that? Oblivion. Oh. Isn't it? It's definitely a very good-looking game. I have to admit. I mean, let me uh, let me get up on this rock here and and just sort of show. Show off my my view here. I mean, look at this. This is the Jarl Mountains. 
I think I think for me one of the craziest things is that this game came out in 2006 and it still holds up. It yeah. really does hold up well. Yeah. I mean, look at that right down there. Look at that. That's Chaden Hall, right there. That that is Chaden Hall. And you know what? I can walk right down this mountain, open up the door, and go through all of what you see there. And not only that, I can go all through all the different buildings that are in there. And, oh, and, and guess what? There's stuff in those buildings, maybe like chests and all that, and bookshelves, and I can loot those things and go upstairs and, and see what's going on up there and, and then come downstairs and walk out the door and walk across the street and go into an inn and sleep there and then, and then come out and walk outside the inn and maybe shop at a, at a store that's right down the street. And then, oh, there's the West Gate, and I walk outside the West Gate, and all of Chaden Hall is now behind me, and it's on to the next thing. Dude, you've been hanging out with me way too much. No, nah, man, that's what <laughs> that's what I, Elder Scrolls no, I, I is. Agree with, I agree with completely one hundred percent with everything you said. Now. That's what it is. When you can stand up on a mountain and look down and see the entire scope and breadth of a of a town at your at your feet, and then go down there and walk inside that town and go into every little single building and go into the rooms and and touch the things that are in those rooms. You're playing an Elder Scrolls game. Bowen, uh, I think you just turned into Moses. M- Moses? You just basically give the Sermon on the Mound. <laughs> oh, I thought he parted the Red Sea. <laughs> no, he's there preaching about... Preaching. <laughs> yeah, I'm preaching. Sorry if I offended any religious notes out there. No. I'll, I'll... Oh, dear. I didn't mean to say that. It's okay. Send all hate mail to at of Tamriel. <laughs> I thought we were sending it to Shank wears boy shorts at or gmail.com at, at pantsless homies one <laughs> <laughs> so um, so with that uh, Moriku while you have the mic how about we, we roll on over to your yeah your no, random uh, book kind of, of going from beautiful vistas uh Randomly, I have come up with a book, and it is called The Alikia, and it is by Enric Milnes. And this is over at the Imperial Library.info. Uh, so, thanks to them, uh, we will get into it. I might never have gone to the Alikia Desert had I not met Welton in a little tavern in Sentinel. Welton is a Red God poet, whose verse I had read, but often in translation. He chose he us to write in the old language of the Red Gods, not in Tamrielic. I once asked him why. The Tamrielic, the Tamrielic word for the divinity rich child of rot. Silky, pressed sour milk, cheese... Sour milk is cheese, said Welton, a huge smile spreading like a tide over his lamp black face. The old bread god word for it is Luo. Tell me, if you were a poet fluent in both languages, which word would you use? I am a child of the cities, and I would tell him tales of the noise and corruption. Wild nights and energy, culture and decadence, 
He listened with awed appreciation of the city of my birth, white marbled imperial city, where all the citizens are convinced of their importance because of their proximity of the emperor and the lustri- lustration of the streets. They say that a beggar on the boulevards of imperial city is a man living in a palace. Over spiced ale, I regaled Welton with descriptions of the swimming marketplace of Riverhold, of dark, brooding mournhold, of the mould-encrusted villas of Lilmouth, the wonderful, dangerous alleys of Hailstone, the stately avenues of grand old solitude. For all this, he marvelled, inquired, and commented. I feel as if I know your home, the Alakia Desert, from your poems, even though I've never been there, I told him. Oh, but you don't. No poem can express the Alakia. It may prepare you for a visit far better than any best guidebook can. But if you know, if you if you want to know Tamriel and be a true citizen of the planet, you must go and feel the desert yourself. It took me a little over a year to break off engagement, save money, my greatest challenge, and leave the urban life for the Alakia Desert. I brought several books of Welton's poems as my travel guide. Sacred flame rises from the fire, the ghosts of great men and women without names. Cities long, long dead rise and fall in the flame, the discourage song of revelation. Bursting walls and deathless rocks, fiery sand that heals and destroys. These first six lines of my friends on the immortality of dust prepare me for the first images of the Alakia Desert, though they hardly do it justice. My poor pen cannot duplicate the severity, grandeur, ephemera and prominence of the Alakia. All the principalities and boundaries the nations have placed on the land dissolve under the moving sand in the desert. I could ne- never tell if I was in the Antipholis or Bagama, and the few of the inhabitants could tell me. For them, and so it came to me, we were simply in Alakia. No, we are part of the Alakia. That is closer to the philosophy of the desert people. I saw the sacred flame of which Welton rode on my first morning in the desert, a vast red mist that seemed to come from deep mystery of Tanriel. Long before the noon sun, the mist had disappeared. Then I saw the cities of Welton, the ruins of the Alakir that rose from the sand by one blast of unbounded wind and covered by the next. Nothing in the desert lasts, but nothing dies forever. At daylight, daylight, I hid myself in tents, and though about the central character of the red gods, thought about the central character of the red gods, that would cause them to adopt this savage, eternal land. They are warriors by nature as a group. They are them better. Nothing for them has worth unless they have struggled for it. No one fought them for the desert, but the Alakia is a great foe. 
The battle goes on. It is a war without rancor, a holy war, in the sense the phrase should always imply. By night, I could contemplate the land itself in its relative serenity, but the serenity was superficial. The stones themselves burned with the heat and the light that comes not from the sun, nor from the moons, Joan and Joan and Jode. The power of the stones come from the beat of the heart of Tamriel itself. Two years I spent in the Alakir. As I write this, I am back in Sentinel. We are at war with the kingdom of Daggerfall for the possession of grass-covered rock that belongs to the water of the Lilith Bay. As all my fellow poets, writers and artists, despondent for the green and, and pride that brought these people into battle, it is a low point, a tragedy. In the words of the old redcoid, a jacaea, a spiral down. Yet I cannot be sorrowful in the years I have spent in the glories of the Alakir. I have seen many eternal stones on that live on while men go dead. I have found my inner eye in the tactfulness, formless, changeless and changeable land. Inspiration and hope, like the stones of the desert, are eternal, though men be not. And that is uh, the Alakir by Enric Milnes over at the Imperial Library. Wow, that's beautiful. Great yeah, piece of I could, right there. I could do that if I had a British accent. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, it definitely uh, makes you think about Tamriel and, and how great they kind of have made this game and the world, you know, like I was saying, it definitely, you know, it, it is a world that you live in while you play these games. You know what? And, and to that extent, you bring up a good point. It's a, it's like a living world. Have you in Skyrim, have you ever just followed the, uh, the Khajiit merchants? Not no, I, I'd assume no. they'd think I was creepy and try and turn on me. It's, <laughs> I gotta say, I tr I did it for about half an hour. It's it's pretty spectacular. On like honestly, when I did that, I was like, you know what, this world is like alive. Because you know you go from city to city, and sometimes you know they happen to be there outside the gates, and you're like, oh okay, and you just assume that you know of course they'd walk there, but then when you come across them in the road, you're like, oh wait, they're actually walking there, you know. <laughs> So it's it's yeah man it, it's it's awesome. I, I definitely appreciate that. Yeah, it's that I think that's that's one of the things that that separates um, the the Elder Scrolls community from from communities in gaming that exist. You know, we people appreciate that that sort of. Uh, level of detail and you know whether you were a fan of 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 Daggerfall or or Oblivion or Arena or Skyrim or Morrowind the there's something that Elder Scrolls fans um, love about their particular favorite game and it keeps us all going back to the forums and talking with each other and and interacting as a community and I, I think I think because the games are special, it's created a special community, and I think as a result of that, 
Um, the community is, is always vibrant and talking with each other, even when there isn't um, that much hubbub going on in, in the, the games themselves. Well, I mean, look what happens when you get four fans of these games together to just, you know, or five of us. Uh, uh, don't count maybe. me in. He's playing. He's playing Oblivion. Don't count. Me <laughs> okay. In. You right. get you get four of these guys <laughs> together, and you know we can just talk for hours about this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. That's that's, and I, I've never. I've been in. A, I've been involved in many, many different gaming communities, and I've never experienced the the level of of community that that I've experienced being part of the Elder Scrolls one. And I mean, if you, if you're part of the Elder Scrolls community, you are doing a disservice to yourself if you are not a part of the quest gaming community. And to get a little more involved, you could head over Smooth. to our forums, wow. questgamingcommunity.com. Very good. Very Smooth good, with sir. a hint of guilt. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, just like, more, you, you and me, Dave, Shank, we spend a ton of time in, in the mumble, and we have great people in there talking about great games, and it's such a friendly group, even in our in our chat room. Chat room, thank you guys. It it never gets out of control. No one's ever horrible to each other. They're they're Dave all has AIDS. in there. <laughs> oh, Shank's horrible, but they're all in there having a blast talking about the games that they love to talk about, and I, I just love being a part of this. Well, I think uh, that is a a fantastic note to end our evening on, and. Um, I just want to thank everyone in, in the chat room. Um, we've been going strong since 7 o'clock Eastern, and it is now 10 to midnight. Uh, we've had we've had Elder Scrolls, ESO Alliance, and uh, Classic Elder Scrolls Night. And if you stuck with us throughout that entire uh, that entire run, um, you're you're amazing. So so my hat off to you, and um, I bow to your epicness. You are. Uh, thank you for sticking sticking it out with us, and I, I hope we've uh, we've entertained you this evening. This has been an, an ultimate Elder Scrolls evening. And um, you know, I, I hate to interrupt you here, Varwin, mm-hmm. but you know what? Mm-hmm. I, I think um, if no one else is going to be streaming later, I might extend this epic Elder Scrolls evening and uh, may stream some. Uh, um, oblivion gameplay of my own um, a little bit later so if you want to stick around and watch that i am mm. shamelessly plugging myself yeah man and uh there we go <laughs> that's that's awesome so yeah so we'll have we'll have a little shank uh, a little shank stream going on um i want to thank dave oh, thanks for for coming and hanging out with us well, well thank y'all for having me absolutely it's been great Always love chit-chatting with uh, people about uh, games that I enjoy, yeah. especially people that I enjoy. Uh, it's too bad Shank was here, though. But yeah. pretty much, yeah, it was it was, it was good. <laughs> yeah, Dave likes me. Yeah, we definitely enjoyed you. Um... I I do like you, John, and I do like you more, more Q, comparatively. Hey. So you like me better than more Q and Shank 
and a Varwin. Comparatively. <laughs> I don't want to change back. <laughs> well, um, we, we love the fans. That's who we love. That's who we, we do love is the fans, the guys that come out, spend their evenings talk, you know, listening to us talk when you know they're they're ignoring their kids and not teaching them how to not be douches. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Wait, so why did we why did we invite Dave then? Because he doesn't have kids, and if he ever has kids, they should probably be taken into adoption. You don't know that I don't have kids. I just don't want them out of their cages. Oh wow! Was yeah, that's a, prop, that's a that's a proper parent. Yeah. Go, Dave. So we should probably go before I offend anyone else. This has sort of been the the evening for that. <laughs> yeah. So mark you. We went through a Moses joke to a joke about putting kids in cages. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what else oh, yeah. can we do? Oh, Welcome yeah. to you, Elder Scrolls Classic. If you heard uh, ESO Alliance, we, we made uh, apparently several <laughs> nasty jokes. Oh, yeah. Well, that was shoddy cast. Uh, bad uh, Josh. Sexuals and women. <laughs> bad Josh. <laughs> yeah. Love Josh. He's a great guy. All right, guys. Well... Uh, everyone, what's your, your final thoughts? We'll start with Shank. Um, I love this show. I love the fact that we have something not, I mean, we have multiple talking points every single week. I think that's just proof more than anything of the longevity of the series and that there's just a never ending list of, uh, amazing things to discuss regarding these games. And uh, honestly, I, I can't wait till next week uh, where we can do it all over again. And John? I, I cannot wait till next week. I had a blast with you guys tonight. This has been an Elder Scrolls filled uh, Friday. So can't wait to see you guys next week. Dave? Get out. <laughs> and uh, I guess I guess that leaves me. So, so thanks everyone for joining. Uh, take care, everyone. Be safe, and may the foos be with you. Angels keep getting better. Oh shit, we missed Maury. Yeah, don't worry. Just keep going. <laughs> All right, well, we're done. Fade, fade out. Go. <laughs> Sorry, dude. <laughs> 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 the chat room is just going to get completely shocked. <laughs> Go, fade out. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>